0: Hello and welcome to 15 Years Atla the Fact, a podcast of opinions while rewatching Avatar.
1: With a few facts sprinkled in.
0: I'm Kevin.
1: And I'm Rachel.
0: And today we are uh, talking about chapter 10, Jet.
1: Ooh, this is an episode. This is an episode for the ages, at least as far as season one goes. Mm, a
0: very spicy episode.
1: Yes. And it's so spicy, even though like it involves what you would probably define as you know, side characters. Um, that aren't super impactful to, like, the main plot.
0: Well, it's the same level as, like, Haru from earlier. Right, right,
1: yes. But, you know, I feel like people remember Jet more than they do Haru. Like, I think that he made more of an impact.
0: Yes, he's definitely way more memorable. Yes. Um, And
1: we're going to talk about that today. All the things that make him memorable. Yes. Okay, so um, starting out this episode, uh, once again, the gang is hiding out in a forest somewhere.
0: They, sure, they certainly seem to just kind of wander through forests a lot, don't they? <laughs>
1: well, it kind of makes sense, right? At least to make camp there, because they need the cover. They don't really probably feel safe being out in the open or staying in towns, uh, because for one thing, you know, that would cost money, and then also there's always the danger of being spotted by, like, someone bad. Yeah, some Definitely. So they're definitely trying to, I think, you know uh stay away from detection as much as possible and we see that you know being emphasized shortly um into the episode after momo is freed from uh one of those traps
0: yeah the little sphere traps
1: yes right at the beginning of the episode uh he is released and then also sokka helps aang uh, release the hog monkeys
0: yeah i was gonna say they never said it but i always assumed those were the hog monkeys they they keep referencing
1: yes they are according to my fast facts Mm. they are hog monkeys. Um, but after that, uh, Sokka go, like, goes into this kind of anxious mode where he's like, oh, these traps, they have, you know, really advanced metalwork. They're probably Fire Nation. Uh, that probably means that Fire Nation people are nearby. We probably should get out of here. It's not safe. And um, he's so worried about, like, how close they could be um, to detection that he's like, we should just walk. Yes. Instead of flying Appa.
0: And Aang is initially excited. He's
1: very excited because Aang's always excited about new experiences and opportunities. And he thinks this is gonna be fun, like riding down the mail shoot with Mm Boomy. But then a few
0: minutes in Smash (laughs) Cut. Walking stinks.
1: Walking stinks. Oh, we're going so slow. At the very
0: least, I'm I'm curious why they didn't just have Appa carry the packs, but whatever.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure either. I guess they just wanted him to be able to shuffle along with them. I'm not really sure. Uh, but, yeah, this kind of reminds me of, you know, that same scene that I saw from uh, that show, The Good Place. Mm-hmm. You might remember in, like, I think it was maybe either the third or the fourth season. Yeah. Where... Um, oh, you're
0: talking about Janet. Where Janet, yeah. the, the,
1: you know, um Teleporting
0: AI, assistant. Yeah,
1: the teleporting AI assistant... You know, she goes to a place where, like, she's not, like, you know, within her Wi-Fi zone, if you want to use that kind of metaphor. Mm. And so she's like, oh, I can't teleport, so I just have to walk. And she's like, this should be fun. And then she just takes a couple of steps. And she's like, oh, my God, I'm so tired. (laughs) So I think this is a joke that a lot of writers like to make, that it's like, walking seems fun at first. Yeah. (laughs) But it very quickly becomes terrible.
0: So um as Sokka is leading the gang around walking around with with his instincts. Ah uh, yes. They end up stumbling into a straight up like Fire Nation like soldier encampment.
1: Well, excuse me, Mr. Yeah. you know comedy man, you totally skipped over the fact that Katara got some good burns in there about Sokka's instincts, because when she first questioned him about, like, why was he, you know, against taking Appa, and, like, why was he wanting to just get out of there immediately, he was just like, my instincts tell me, my instincts as a leader, mm-hmm. and they even get into this argument about, like, who made you the leader, right, and basically Sokka just says, well, I'm warriorish and I'm the oldest, so... Um, and Katara, like, makes some kind of snide comment about how, like, oh, boys, they always want a leader. But I would just like to say that, like, I think regardless of gender... Whenever there's a group of people, natural leaderships just kind of form. Because people need some kind of clear direction.
0: Yeah, people feel comfortable having, you know, a, a unified vision from a Well, leaders. I just think it's
1: just kind of a natural, like, psychology thing that happens. Psychological yeah, thing.
0: I would I would agree.
1: So, I don't know exactly if I would agree with Katara that this is, like, solely a male, like, inclination. I think it's just a human inclination.
0: I don't remember how they got into it, but, um... How did they start talking about, like, Sokka having kissed a girl or not?
1: Oh, yes, that's right. That was part of the argument, like, (laughs) saying, like, he had never even, like, kissed a girl or something. And then
0: Sokka's just like, you have, I have, you just never met her. And I'm like, she did meet her, though.
1: Yes, that's also (laughs) one of my fast facts, that, like, you know, actually he had kissed someone. But um, I guess maybe Suki didn't spend that much time with Katara, so it didn't really count as meeting her. Yeah,
0: I guess that episode Katara was more focused on Aang shenanigans than anybody.
1: Yes, yeah. So maybe that counts. Uh so yeah, okay. So we'll skip over that now to what happens next after they uh trot through the forest a bit.
0: Right. And so they stumble onto the Fire Nation soldier encampment mm-hmm. and there's literally like guys with an eye patch and everything around there just like serious soldiers. Ah
1: uh, yes, I put the sti- uh, the specific timestamp at 4 minutes 25 seconds. Sokka was wrong. Surprise surprise. Shishish. Sokka is wrong a lot of the time, but sometimes he's right.
0: Moral <laughs> of the episode.
1: <laughs> he's wrong more than he's right, but when he's right, you know, he really gets it
0: right. <laughs> so they end up, you know, scuffling obviously because the Fire Nation end up, you know, calling Sokka's bluff. Yes. And uh, they, they they get into a little tussle. And I just wanted to say, I think it was really cool when they start fighting. And this is post-Waterbending Squirrel, obviously. Yes. So Katara has at least a little bit more, quote-unquote, formal training. Mm-hmm. So then now she starts using, I think, something that comes pretty signature for her is, like, Using the water from her water canteen as yes. like emergency water bending, you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah, the little canteen um that seems to be made of like probably leather. Right, it's, like a water
0: skin. Yeah, kind of thing. yeah,
1: water skin that's like strapped um mm-hmm. around her. And up until this point I don't think it was a part of her, you know, regular Not really. attire. But it becomes signature.
0: I think it's just really cool because like especially the way she like holds it and bends it. It kind of looks like she's, like, sheathing and unsheathing a sword. Yes, that was definitely
1: really cool how they, like, did that animation. And, like, they're very, like, smooth with how she kind of, like, takes the lid off. Like, it Mm kind of pops off, I think, right?
0: She does, like, she literally uses it like a samurai sword because she, like, uses the hand that holds the skin, uses her thumb to pop off the lid. Yes. Uses her other hand to, like, draw water, attack, and then put it back in, you know? It, like, literally looks like she did a sword strike. It's very smooth. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and easy to follow. Um. So yeah, even though we get to see some cool bending from Katara, they're kind of outnumbered by all the fire bending soldiers that are there. And Sokka tries to bluff and say like, "Uh, if you let us leave, you know, you won't get hurt." Ye. And of course, they're not buying it because it's like how are three little kids who have been backed into a corner going to hurt them? Like, I mean, I guess less soldiers. I guess if Aang like gets upset enough and it goes into the Avatar state, it would really hurt them. But they don't know that. Uh, but luckily, Aang doesn't have to go into the avatar state to save them, uh, because all of a sudden these guys start dropping like flies. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. in comes the titular character for this episode, Jet.
0: Jet and his freedom fighters and his
1: freedom fighters, yes. So Jet comes whipping in like some kind of crazy swashbuckling hero uh, with his hook swords and um, descends from these big treetops upon these Fire Nation soldiers. And um, some of his, you know, gang also start mm. coming out of the woodwork, and they just start this big brawl.
0: Sneers Smellerby pipsqueak duke and Longshot.
1: yeah a very yeah. good memory yes i mostly only remember Smellerbee and Longshot because well, they the come most, back yeah. later they come back later um in season two so but yes there's also uh pipsqueak and the duke um and i think the duke is probably like the youngest of the yeah group that we see
0: definitely the shortest
1: definitely the shortest and um so yeah they they take out that you know group of like at least of 20 soldiers really quickly and, of course, there's, like, again, Sokka being the butt of the joke. You know, he keeps trying to get on the fighting and look cool. And then Jet keeps stealing the spotlight from him, mm-hmm. you know. Every time he's about to hit some soldier, Jet just kind of runs in and, like, you know, Does a little sneak attack. a s-
0: little swipe with his hook swords. Yes, and
1: he's just like, you weren't fast enough. And Katara, you can see her kind of smiling in the background, just being like, haha, ha, he roasted my <gasps> brother. <laughs> so yeah
0: and then Jed just walks up to katara at six minutes 16 seconds and he's just like hey Hey.
1: yeah well it was funny because they were in the middle of fighting i think yeah and like he just like took out some soldier or something and then he just like ran up to her and stopped like an inch away from her face you know after like going through some kind of move yeah and like just very smoothly was just kind of like hey and she was like Hi. Classic, <laughs> classic like, teenage, classic cute.
0: high school in the hallway, like meet stuff. cute, yeah,
1: yeah, classic teenage meet cute, um, and so instant crush forming there, uh, and then um the battle's over with pretty quickly. Uh, most of the soldiers, you know, either disperse or are knocked out. Knocked
0: out, out yeah. Um,
1: I just have to I say mean, they were knocked out pretty quickly.
0: Pipsqueak <laughs> literally just uses a log as a weapon. Like, yeah. one hit from that is like, you're gone. But he
1: didn't hit them. No,
0: he just crushed their swords He just and they crushed ran their away. swords
1: and they got scared and ran off. I was actually surprised that Jet let them run off based on what we see about him later in the episode. That's true. I would think that he is not the person who would let you know, survivors. Maybe
0: that was part of his manipulation tactic as he had just first encountered Aang and Katara. And was still
1: feeling them out.
0: Yeah. And so maybe he was just like, well, I'm going to use them to, you know, destroy the town later in the episode anyway. Spoilers! I mean, that's what this this show's about.
1: (laughs) Okay. So, um, the fight is over with. They are victorious. Jet is, uh, you know, Cemented as the super cool,
0: super cool, he's super just cool so cool guy,
1: and he's just gonna be more cool as the episode goes on, uh, and so they start raiding the fire camp, Fire mm-hmm. Nation camp, and they find all kinds of goodies, uh, you know, uh, food, candy jellied candies uh, as well as something called blasting jelly. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, it's all very valuable so they gather it all up and say they're going to take it back to the hideout. And Aang is instantly curious because hideout just sounds so cool if you're a 12-year-old boy. It's
0: true. (laughs) Especially Jet's hideout is pretty rad.
1: Yes. And um, so he's like, oh my gosh, I want to go. And Katara's also super into Jet so they, like, you know, basically, like, Sokka's the only one who's not really feeling it Mm -hmm. but he kind of just goes along And um, getting up into this hideout is kind of interesting Hmm. because it's not like you go up a ladder or some stairs or anything like that. It's actually you have to use this kind of rope pulley system that uh, probably took a while to set up, huh?
0: I mean, their whole camp probably did. It kind of makes me wonder how long they've been out there.
1: It does. Um, But, yeah, they managed to put it together, and it works great. And they're able to use the rope pulley system to... Even lift up two people at a time Mm -hmm. as we get to see with that romantic sha la 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 -la moment, kiss the girl.
0: (laughs) I mean, uh, this is kind of fast forwarding to your fast facts, but you said that this was based, that this forest area was based on that movie House of the Flying Daggers.
1: Yes, yes. Let's save some of my fast facts well, for the end of the episode. I was episode. just going <laughs> to
0: say, that type of scene feels very much like that. that no, know,
1: that is... is—it's rising, direct...
0: rising through the leaves, twirling around them.
1: Yes, that is the direct reference. And if you want to know other direct references that happen in this episode, because there's more than one, stay tuned to the end of this episode when I do my fast facts. <laughs> okay, we got to um, keep them keep hooked in.
0: <laughs> but I, me and Rachel, and I think a lot of people who've watched this uh, show and this episode specifically... Jet's, like, hideout is like so clearly like this sort of like, Peter Pan and the Lost Boys. I said that. Hook, you did.
1: Yeah. Oh, I said that the first time we watched this episode together. Oh yes, yes. I was just like, I meant just now. Also, no, sorry. I meant like before. Yes. I said that like I instantly got Peter Pan vibes from the hideout and from Jet in particular. You said he felt kind of like a classic Peter Pan type to you. Um, Well, I
0: I meant like in the sense that he's in a dark sense. That well, that's he's leading why, these boys to kind of their doom, but... That,
1: that's true. And, you know, yes, he is leading a ragtag group of orphans.
0: To deadly situations. Into
1: deadly situations. Um, but I would say, you know, since you say that he kind of has, you know, this dark air about him, mm-hmm. um, he reminds me more, uh, from the movie Hook, which yes. is, you know, based on Peter Pan. Yes. Uh... The leader of the Lost Boys after Peter Pan leaves Neverland yes. uh, becomes this boy named Rufio, who actually ends up being the voice of someone we know in this show.
0: Yeah, because it's Dante Bosco who voices Zuko. Yeah. Zuko. Zuko.
1: So, like, I thought it was a very interesting coincidence that I just got really, like, Rufio vibes I, from Jet. I
0: want to say it's, like, a really specific reference, but Zuko doesn't even show up in this episode at he all. He
1: does uh, it's like one of the very few
0: ones that he doesn't yeah
1: there's no beeline story with Zuko in this episode it's just about Aang and Jet and Katara and Sokka and so, yeah, I got really, like, you know, strong Rufio vibe just because it's like, oh, he's so cool. Yeah, he's the
0: cool one. He's so,
1: you know, uh, impressive and, like, you know. A sar- strong
0: leader. He's a
1: strong leader. He's not, like, sarcastic, you know. Mm. He's kind of, like, brash and bold and rude.
0: If only we could see uh, Jet skateboarding around yeah. like in Rufio does. <laughs> yeah.
1: I, I mean, honestly, it would fit his character, right? And um, so that's the only reason I say Rufio. I feel like Aang has kind of more of that whimsical nature to him that I would say is more classic. Peter Pan well, that's a very, Peter Pan. a very
0: Disney Peter Pan.
1: very Disney Peter Pan, yes. Yeah.
0: Um, but now, like, Jet leads everybody around, giving them a little tour about the hideout. And then he starts going into his tragic backstory, right? Oh,
1: yeah. I Gotta set that up, right? Yeah. Gotta make that emotional connection. And
0: basically, his backstory is... The Fire Nation killed my family.
1: Yes. And then he finds out um, that the Fire Nation also killed Katara and Sokka's mom.
0: What's happening here? What's
1: happening here? My parents are dead from the Fire Nation. Your
0: mom's dead?
1: Your mom's dead. <laughs> Your, mom's dead. Um, Your dad is strangely not mentioned.
0: <laughs> I just want to get into some a tangent here for a second. Something that Rachel is very familiar with. Uh-huh. But I have this theory when analyzing um, these young adult cartoons, and that theory is that characters fall into two camps mm-hmm. you're either a Naruto or you're a Sasuke, mm. and Jet is a Sasuke.
1: Interesting. Yes. I actually have a connection. There's uh, some connection to Naruto.
0: Ah, uh, yes. I, I also saw that. In this episode. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm.
1: look forward to me talking about that in my Fast Facts at the end of the
0: episode. But for anybody who hasn't watched Naruto, my theory is basically like the characters like Katara, Sokka, and Aang are Naruto's, who have had tragic things done to them, but still remain, you know, fairly upbeat and, like, positive and have a positive outlook and in Katara, life. Katara, right? That's what I said.
1: Oh, sorry. I yeah. only heard Aang.
0: <laughs> I heard Katara, Sokka. And I, I, I said Katara, Sokka, and Aang. Mm. Um, and they ultimately strive to do good mm-hmm. uh, in spite of the things that have happened to them. But Jet is the Sasuke, yes. who similar things have happened to him, But he chooses to revel in the dark side and, like, take a hold of grudge deeply.
1: Right. You know, um, talking about how revenge can really turn you into a monster. Mm -hmm.
0: If you let it. If you let it. Mm -hmm. Which
1: Jet definitely does. Um, But I thought... I made a note here how interesting it was. um, And this entire episode, right... It's it's about Jet. It's named after Jet. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, analyzing this type of character mm-hmm. uh, that, as you said, what do you want to call it, the Sasuke archetype or, you know, the foil, whatever. Like, you know, this character that on the surface is so charismatic and, like, you can sympathize with them and, like, um, they have some good... Moral philosophies. But then as you start digging into it a little bit deeper, you start seeing that there's a darkness there. Right. And there's kind of... Maybe
0: not all altruistic, as he may appear. Yeah,
1: it's not altruistic. It's very selfish. It's yeah. very self-centered. Right. And, um... So, but I made a note here that while he was addressing, um, all of the, I almost said Lost Boys, um, all of the freedom fighters, uh, that evening about the, uh, fight that had taken place, um, he's talking about, like, ambush, he's Mm -hmm. talking about, uh, cutting supply lines, um, you know, and these are all kind of terminology that we're familiar with when we're discussing people who are, uh, experienced in- tactics of warfare
0: yeah i mean they're they're basically guerrilla fired. exactly yeah
1: yeah so also um,
0: they used it pipsqueak uses it as an example of like good leadership as well
1: exactly so i want to say that like even though we paint jet as kind of like um maybe immature self-centered mm-hmm. childish there he is um intelligent yes yeah,
0: so he's very um you know conniving very Like, tactically minded.
1: Yes. So I would say, like, he's really good at strategizing. Like, Mm -hmm. that is his skill. But his problem is that he's not empathetic. Right. He's kind of lost his humanity along the way of Mm -hmm. becoming this kind of great, you know, guerrilla fighter leader of a rebellion.
0: Yes. Like, he he doesn't want to connect very strongly with other people beyond using them as, as tools or, you know, means to an end.
1: Right. And so I think that this, like, episode, again, touches on some interesting things of, like, you know, the effects of war, right? The obvious one is that oh look at all these orphans, mm-hmm. right? That are the resultant of war, so many families broken apart. But when you dig even di- deeper into analyzing Jet, it also talks about how war robs people, even good people who have good intentions initially. It robs them of their humanity.
0: Right. I mean, Jet could have been easily used as intelligence in other ways if like the war wasn't going on.
1: Right. You he, know and he it could still have had a been family. An, yeah, like an amazing leader and mm-hmm. person. Um, but Because he's been thrown into this, you know, destructive, chaotic, traumatic environment, um, it's caused him to see the world in very black and white, Mm -hmm. and he doesn't accept that there is any gray, and uh, he sees himself as being the good, you know, uh, character who... As long as you're taking down the bad guys, who cares?
0: Right. At any cost.
1: At any cost. And yeah, in that way, he's really similar to Commander Zhao.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He will do anything to win.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely. It, for Zhao, it's it seems more like on a prideful sense, whereas Jet is more of like a... Um goal oriented sense. Like, he won't rest until every Fire Nation person is, you know, gone. You don't think
1: it's about pride for him at all? I mean, the fact that he's, like, formed this lost boy tribe of all these young, impressionable kids, and they all fawn over him, and he seems very interested in getting Aang and Katara to also just be, like, swept up in his charisma.
0: Well, yeah, but we see later on he ends up, you know... Getting a, detached from his group of fighters, and well, he's yes, but still that's later. I'm just talking about right yeah. now.
1: I'm talking about in this moment. I think that he has quite a bit of an ego.
0: Sure, I suppose so. I, again, it just seems to be part of his manipulation tactics, just to you know string people along.
1: Hmm. Well, I guess we can agree to disagree. Shisha? I think he has kind of an ego.
0: I think he knows that he's charming, is what I would say, yeah. and he uses that.
1: Yeah, but right. I think that also, like, you know, if he wanted to... He could be like, you know, Zuko and go all blue spirit and just, like, go off. Wow,
0: talking about spoilers. Yeah,
1: well, you already mentioned it. Okay. Um, so, he could go off and just do that thing on his own, but, like, he f- chooses to form a group, right? Well, yeah. And s- put himself in so the that's what center. I'm saying, is
0: that he understands that he needs people, mm-hmm. and he sees them as tools, not as people. Right. So, he like, he can't move all those barrels of blasting jelly by himself, you know?
1: I guess so, but like I said, he, you know, he takes a lot of pride in winning Mm -hmm. and, you know, being the top dog. Sure. And so I think that there's some, you know, issues with ego going on in there.
0: Maybe so. No humility. He did seem very confident that all of his plans were, were always going to pretty much go smoothly and he
1: doesn't respond well to being questioned right i mean you could say that he kind of again manipulates the situation but he just doesn't like put up with it yeah and again i think that comes back to kind of having this arrogance of just like nobody's going to tell me what to do
0: yeah um
1: So, so okay um uh talking about you know him as a strategizer and then also kind of this manipulator um Jet asks, you know, the group, uh, Sokka, Ang, and Katara to, like, stick stay around. Yeah. And, like, you know, uh, Sokka wants to leave. He's just like, I don't like this guy. He's giving me weird vibes. And he's like, I just want to get out of here. But then Jet, you know... Always a manipulator. He has
0: that tone.
1: He entices Sokka. He's like, yeah. "Oh, Sokka, you're gonna leave? I really wanted your help with a mission. I needed tomorrow. a great
0: warrior like you. You know? Yes,
1: yeah. He's he like really gets into like stroking his ego, right? Right? And um, kind of draws him back in. And so Sokka's like, "Ooh, a mission. Yeah. because like you know,
0: from little they've interacted. Sokka obviously displays his distaste for Fire Nation soldiers as well,
1: right? Um, so Sokka gets, like, pulled in, and he decides to stay so that he can help out with this mission tomorrow. Uh, so cut to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, we get to see some interesting tactics used by Sokka in this scene.
0: Yeah, well, I also wanted to mention briefly that, like, um, Sokka and Jet are stationed in one tree, and then, um, I think it was Pip's Week and the Duke are in another yes. one. Yes, yes. Um, and they communicate using hand whistles, and yes. I just wanted to say that this- episode was the reason why i as a kid wanted to learn how to do that do the little bird yeah, calls just be like, you know like that
1: oh yes and
0: l- i took a whole summer and i learned it
1: very good
0: thanks jet self-taught you jerk you
1: jerk uh, again, going back to how, you know, much of an impact he leaves or yes. an impression, <laughs> right, from one episode.
0: Um, but yeah, so they're there to, because uh, they heard that, I guess they heard that there would be some Fire Nation moving along the trail. Mm-hmm. Um, and Sokka ends up stabbing a knife into a tree. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: and that's a very classic, like, Inuit um weapon that he's using. Yeah, right? I mean, like, it's the jawbone, it's the
0: jawbone knife. Yes. Yeah, And you yeah. Need to see the
1: teeth really in detail when they do a close-up. Yeah,
0: again, like, very thematic with the rest of Sokka's traditional weaponry all, like, sort of bone-based.
1: Yeah, and I don't know if, again, Jet's just saying this in order to make Sokka feel like you know cool and important.
0: I think a little bit yes. But he's just
1: like what are you doing you know and then he's just like oh that's awesome. Yeah no I definitely
0: (laughs) think so. I just want to say though like Sokka using the knife in the tree to like hear the vibrations. vibrations. I'm like where did he learn this? He grew up in the South Pole where it's just all ice. Well
1: surely there's vibrations even you know on icebergs. Yeah probably I
0: would say more so but yeah.
1: You could stick it in and you know feel some Mm -hmm. kind of something in the Ice is
0: very uh can propagate sound quite well. Yeah. Um. But it's, Sokka reports that there's probably just one person walking down the trail.
1: Yeah. And so Jet, um, you know, does a little bird call mm-hmm. to his friends and then um, they see this kind of like old man walking along and Sokka's like, oh, it's just an old man. Yeah. And Jet, without answering, just kind of like jumps down from the tree and um ambushes this guy with yeah. his fighters and he starts like really beating him up.
0: Yeah. Just he knocks him over and he starts like harassing him and threatening him.
1: Yes. And just like saying you know he just gets into this kind of rage right Mm -hmm. where he's just like um a switch has been turned on and he's just kind of like really showing that kind of brutal nature of just being like you know uh this old man's like please have mercy i'm just a traveler and he's did
0: the fire nation have mercy when
1: they killed my family Mm -mm. you know does the fire nation ever hold back and he just yeah he again he doesn't see this person's humanity he doesn't empathize with them or connect with them at all as a person as a human being he just sees the enemy
0: yeah i I do wonder if like sokka wasn't there to kind of like protest if he really would have killed that guy
1: entirely possible yeah um yeah but um they rob him uh and sokka you know protests against hurting the old man any further and uh Jet tries to kind of manipulate Sokka by saying, like, he's Fire Nation. Remember what they did to your mother, right? Mm-hmm. He keeps, like, trying to reach in and, like, touch on Sokka's trauma. Yeah. And use that as a way to kind of, you know, work him. Right.
0: To to change the perspective like that.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. And, um, but that doesn't work for Sokka. He's still just kind of like, this doesn't feel right. And so um, they just take this guy's stuff and leave him there. But you see him looking all pathetic on the ground. And uh, then when they get back to the hideout, Sokka is like packing his bags. And he's like, we need to get out of here. Jet is just not a good guy. Mm-hmm. And um, Katara, she is just smitten. She's already made a hat for she's Jet. She's made a
0: nice little hat out of leaves.
1: <laughs> out of leaves and a flower. Yeah. Like, can you imagine Jet actually wearing that hat? That
0: would be pretty amazing. <laughs>
1: She's already spent the whole day making a hat for him. And then Aang is just having a really fun kiddie time going around like on the ropes and flying through the trees and everything. Um, and oh, he also got his himself uh, a whole handful of like those uh, Chinese firecrackers.
0: Yes. And him
1: and Momo are having fun. Right.
0: They. Who is it? Like the Duke gave it to him?
1: Yeah, I think so. Yeah.
0: Again, just playing up that like, oh, you know, this is such a fun place. you know, yes. Free freedom.
1: Yeah. And so they're like, we don't want to leave. Right. And. So then Katara, like, hears a little bit of the story about what happened uh with Jet from Sokka. And she immediately is just like... Um, Jet would never do something like yeah. that. Why don't know? we go ask him? I want to hear his side of things, and so she goes. Uh, they all go to see Jet, and um, Jet is just kind of like you know, Saka. Did you again mention to with
0: them? the tone? With
1: the tone, yeah. There's yeah. a very you know interesting like kind of tone. Sokka
0: you know, yeah. you to- you can mislead you misled them, and yeah, you, you can, can kind of them. feel
1: him like you know really subtly like pressuring him, yeah. right? But in a very disarming way of yeah. just kind of like being like. Come on, you uh-huh. know, let's just just do it, right? And, uh, yeah, something like, Sokka, you, did you tell them that, you know, he was Fire Nation? And then they were like, uh, no, he didn't mention that. And then he was just like, he pulled out this giant knife. Yeah,
0: very, like, <laughs> aggressive. Like, I don't know how you're supposed to hold that. There were, like, spikes on the handle. I
1: know, yeah. There was, like, it was just, like, all... It wasn't practical looking, no. but he stabs it very dramatically into the tree in front of them. And he's just kind of like, he was carrying this on him. Look, in the hilt, there's some hidden poison. Yeah. He was coming to I, assassinate me.
0: I, I thought it was very interesting that his story, because we know that we're we're almost positive that this is all fake. Mm-hmm. Like 98, 99% sure. Right. But... I thought it was so interesting that maybe you're right that he has this ego because he claims that the assassin was for him specifically. For him. You know? Of course. Yeah.
1: Right? The Fire Nation knows who he is. Yeah. They're specifically after him. Specifically. Yeah. Yeah, So maybe that's just a
0: little bit of paranoia and a little ego wrapped up in that.
1: Right. Um, But then he also has that line that stood out to me where he looks Sokka in the eyes and he's like, you saved my life, Sokka. Even though Sokka had no part in, like,
0: taking out that guy.
1: Yeah, hurting this old man. Um, it seems like Jet's kind of trying to be like, you know, you're a part of this already. You're an mm-hmm. accomplice, right? Uh, but again, reframing it in a way that makes him feel good. Yeah. But again, Sokka does not follow uh, fall for it at all. He was just like, that guy didn't have a knife on him. There was no knife. I didn't see one. Um, and he just insisted that like Jet's lying and uh, basically wants to leave. But... Um, When he storms out, Jet then starts trying to work his magic on Katara and Aang, you know, being like, hey. Oh, we have a
0: special mission for you fabulous benders. Yeah,
1: I could really use y'all's help. Please don't leave yet. Uh, Just can't you stay for a little bit longer and help me with this? And, um, you know, Katara and Aang, who are already like totally into Jet, are just like, oh, yeah, sure. We'll come and help you kind of thing. And, uh, so Sokka is forced to stay another night mm-hmm. and, um, in the middle of the night, he is awakened by sounds of rustling. Yes. And so he goes to, you know, seek it out. He sees that Jet and some of the other guys are sneaking around and like leaving. And so he follows them and, uh, they come to this clearing where they're looking out over a, a dam, a dam. Yes. And uh, there's a a reservoir and then we see a little river and then way in the distance, we see a little town and he's talking uh, with them about some of the blasting jelly that they had acquired in their recent raid. And, how um it'll be useful for uh blowing up the dam so that they can wash away all the people and then we get a little bit of helpful exposition or questioning whatever you want to say from um the duke Mm -hmm. the youngest one just being like what about the people in the town when the dam breaks won't it kill all of them too um because first jet's just framing it as like we're going to free this town of fire nation yes
0: and and get rid of the fire nation soldiers and
1: kill all of them yeah and you know the duke raises their question of like what about all the townspeople, just the regular Earth Nation people. Because it's
0: an occupied town, not a Fire Nation town.
1: Exactly. And he's just like, uh, he leans in and he puts his hand on him and he says to the Duke, uh, you know, that's just the sacrifice Mm -hmm. that you have to make in war. That's the demands of war. Um, And he uses both of those words. And I think that that's, you know, really interesting that he has framed it that way in his mind. I think he really believes that, that he's just kind of like um, other people uh, are just inevitably going to die in war. Right. So they might as well die by my hand in what I think is a just cause. Right.
0: A life for a life.
1: Yeah. Um, As long... Again, as long as he gets to win, mm-hmm. he doesn't really, like, care about the details. Yeah. And, uh... He's
0: the, he, like we said earlier, he's just detached himself from the value of, like, human life.
1: Of human life. Maybe
0: that's a defense mechanism from losing his parents or not, but still... Not really justified at all. Right. It can't be.
1: Yeah. And, um, then Sokka is discovered after overhearing all of this, and, uh... He is, um, I wrote a little note here for, uh, there's like kind of this scene cut between yeah, like a commercial
0: break, a commercial break, on Nick. Yeah.
1: Uh, a clear commercial break between when they catch Sokka and when they bring him forward to jet, uh, to talk. And when they come back from that commercial break, and, it's
0: suddenly daytime. Yeah.
1: 15 minutes, 22 seconds is the timestamp I got where it was suddenly daytime. And like in the scene before it was like dawn, you know, very dark, and then just suddenly the sun has risen.
0: Maybe it it feels a little better if there was a commercial there, but watching it on Netflix with no commercial breaks, it's kind of jarring. Yeah,
1: so it was kind of a little continuity error there, I think. Um, I think they were trying
0: to imply that dawn had risen, but it did not read well.
1: Yeah, no. So uh, Sokka is just kind of like, you know, having it out with Jet, just being like, you know, you're a monster, like, Mm -hmm. you know, hurting all those innocent people, it's not right, and you know... We're like, I'm not going to let you do this. Right. And Jet is basically like, you know, you're not going to stop me. And, um, you know, sends him off to be like, I don't know, manhandled by right his freedom fighters. Yeah. I don't know what he really planned to do about Sokka.
0: That is a good question because I feel like if he really planned to get... He would have just killed
1: him right there. Yeah,
0: if he, and plus it would have been really difficult to explain that to Katara.
1: Yeah, so I guess he just wanted to keep him as a prisoner?
0: Yeah, maybe get him out of the way for now.
1: Yeah, and um, so he sends him off, and then Jet goes to find Katara and Aang, and he really quickly like lies when they ask about where Sokka. He's just like, oh, I sent him off on another mission.
0: Yeah, and then I thought what was really funny is that like Jet was like, oh, you know, Sokka came to me and he apologized, and Aang and Katara like, he apologized? Yeah, that's
1: not like Sokka. That doesn't
0: sound like Sokka. <laughs> he
1: was like, yeah, no, he was really cool about it. And again, the yeah. ego thing where he's like, he came in and he apologized to me. Yeah. You know, like specifically. Um, and he, Playing
0: himself as the victim. Yeah. Mm, classic exactly. move.
1: Sokka hurt me. Yeah. But, you know, it's okay. Uh, so, yeah, uh, now um, there's an angle to be worked by Jet onto Katara and Aang, and we get to discover now that it's um, helping to fill up the reservoir mm. because he wants, you know, enough wa- water to really ensure that the town is completely destroyed.
0: Yeah. But he doesn't tell them that, obviously. No,
1: no. But I'm just letting people know if they're, yeah. like, trying to figure out the machinations of this plan. Uh, but he just says to them, um, oh, we just need some help, like, you know, getting the water out of these yeah, geysers.
0: So the, I, I thought it was so interesting. So I think this just illustrates how well Jet has wrapped guitar around his finger because... Mm-hmm. In previous episodes, Katara is very sharp and, like, very, you know, attentive to what's around her. Mm-hmm. Like, going back to the Haru episode and, like, the prison and everything. Yes. You know, and she recognizes the injustice of it all. Right. And she doesn't question at all what, why Jet is asking her to just dump water out into this river.
1: I think he says something about, like, why, but I can't remember now. I,
0: I swear to you he doesn't. He just says, like, we need help moving the water along.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, I could see that, because, yeah, I don't remember any kind of excuse that yeah, he gives. Yeah, I'm pretty
0: sure he does not say anything to them. He just says, we need this water to move.
1: Makes sense. But, yeah, whatever happened, Katara and Aang uh, agree to it right away. Um, although is a little bit concerned at first. She's like, I've never bended water that I can't see before. So, d- bending it out of the earth, you know, mm-hmm. through these geysers, might be kind of hard. And then
0: Jet wraps his arms around. Yes, it and he's just, just like, instant charisma, yeah.
1: you know, just being like, "I know you can do it, Katara. I
0: believe in you." And
1: I like that little moment where, like, Aang's kind of like, and I want to believe that he's squinting at, you know, Jet, but he might have just like it might have just been because the camera's kind of farther away from them. Mm-hmm. But Aang's like, "What about me?" And he's like, "I know the Avatar can do this," you know, so. Um,
0: you're cool too, Aang.
1: You're cool too, Aang, But I'm trying to like work a romance angle here. <laughs> uh, so he um, gets them to start bending the water out of the geysers, and um, you know, with Katara and Ang working together, they're able to do it quite easily. And uh, when he's about to leave, uh, to like let them just continue their work. Katara's like, oh, we'll meet you over at the, the, the dam later, yeah. you know, and uh, he's like, uh, actually, how about you meet me out at the hideout? Because he seems to sense that Katara may not also, like, also, like Sokka, may not be cool.
0: Right, definitely. No, with the he, plan. He's definitely already grabbed that. Yeah. Yes,
1: and so um, he's trying to cover that up. And um but Katara and Aang uh, finished together pretty quickly, and so Katara is like, ah, "I'm gonna go meet him at the reservoir." We finished
0: early, you we know. We finished early. I, it, it's so interesting that I kind of the. Uh, way Jet ingratiated himself towards Katara kind of backfired on him. Yes, because, like she's so
1: attached to him now. Yeah, because now
0: she's like, I want to get a pat on the head for doing a good job. Right, you know?
1: exactly. And she's just chasing after him like a little duckling. Yeah. And so um, she goes uh, with Aang to find uh, Jet. And as they are approaching the dam uh, from kind of an overlooking mm-hmm, space. The little cliff. The little cliff uh where Sokka and uh Jet have been arguing earlier. Um they see that they're unloading all this blasting jelly mm-hmm. in front of the dam and immediately K- Katara puts it all together in her mm-hmm. mind. She's like they're going to blow up the dam yeah. and ruin the like destroy the town.
0: Actually, Aang is the one who says that. Oh, he is? Yeah. They cut to his face and he's like they're going to blow up the dam.
1: Oh, I thought it was Katara who said that.
0: No, they they well they work on it together, but I just thought this it was a very it... good scene where they zoom in on Aang's face and he has a very good expression of like guilt on him.
1: Mm. Yeah. Well, um but then of course like Jet shows up right then and there, uh, before Aang is able to go off and try and stop them mm-hmm. um from blowing up the dam. And he takes Aang's glider mm-hmm. and he's just like, you know, you're not going anywhere without this and he's like, I can't let you guys stop me and Katara is furious that, you know, she was manipulated by Jet to help with a plan that she is not okay with. Yes. And um Jet tries to bring her back into, you know, his charming Um, manipulation by being like, you know, Katara, this is the right thing to do. You know, think about your mother and everything like that. And he's like even touching her face while she's crying. And um, she just like pushes him away. Right. And uh, that's when um, Aang starts chasing after Jet.
0: Cue cool fight scene.
1: Yes. So there's this really cool fight scene um, sequence where ang and is running through the trees uh right again
0: very house of flying daggers they're like fighting running along like Mm -hmm. the upper levels of the trees yes and like you see uh jet using his hook swords more Mm -hmm. which i didn't address this earlier but the hook swords even though they're kind of hard to believe
1: Mm
0: -hmm. are a historically accurate weapon Mm -hmm. i say that with some trepidation because from my understanding like they probably weren't actually used in, like, serious military or, like, fighting applications. Mm -hmm. It was probably just something somebody decided was cool, theoretically. Mm -hmm. And a few schools sort of have some um, performance sets using them, but they're kind of more just to look flashy than being actually practical. Right. So I guess that's kind of reflective of Jet a little bit. Again, you know? yeah, yeah. he
1: likes to get the attention. But
0: it works because I think it's really cool at 19 minutes 30 seconds that he does like a very classic hook sword move where he links the two swords together and then uses them as like a large flail.
1: Yeah, that was definitely really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, in addition to all the ways he used it to kind of um, move around the tree tops. Right, like he
0: hooks around the tree branch and then swings from yeah. the bottom around. Like
1: that's the major way that he's able to kind of keep up with, you know, Aang, who's an airbender and can easily kind of, you know, nimbly jump around. And then it
0: was like, while Aang flies away and then Jet just like climbs up the tree stabbing the swords in there. Yeah,
1: he's really quick. He's fast on his feet and with his swords. And um, so, but eventually um, you know, it looks like Aang is going to beat Jet with his bending uh, and get his uh, glider back. I
0: I thought it was super cool. Again, sorry, sorry to interrupt. But at 20 minutes, 30 seconds where like Aang uh, has some distance on Jet and then he like wraps this cool gust of wind around the tree branch. That
1: was pretty awesome. It
0: just looks so cool. It looks like there's like a little like dragon twirling around, like you know, pushing against Jet. It was
1: definitely a very interesting design, right? Because they mm-hmm. could have just done a direct kind of you know funnel. Yeah. But instead, like they have it
0: wrap around, wrapping the around
1: like a kind of like a snake or something. Uh,
0: can you believe that Jet like really gives Ang a run for his money? Like he almost vests him. I know. I feel like if Zuka was there, he'd just be like, "What
1: the heck?" He Be flopping all over the place. I mean he would be as, you know, like aggressive and desperate as Jet probably. Mm -hmm. But Jet is just like a really good fighter. Yeah,
0: he's very nimble.
1: He's very nimble and also, you know, he's probably been um running around these trees for a while. He definitely
0: has a home field advantage.
1: Yeah, and that's probably something that helps him. Maybe
0: the key, as we will learn, is having two swords. (laughs) that's the dual
1: wielding dual
0: wielding always (laughs) works against aang
1: (laughs) it's the superior fighting for uh going against aang uh so yeah um it looks like aang's gonna win the fight but then at the last second uh jet pulls out kind of like you know a good move and basically knocks aang out of the trees and he falls really far and uh falls on the ground and um, is kind of like temporarily knocked out and Jet thinks that he's won, but then as he's standing over Aang, Katara immediately hits him with a huge water slap, and then another one, and then another one. She's
0: intense this time. Yeah,
1: she is just wailing on him. And then she, um, you know, does this really cool move. I love how they close up on her face, and she just really slowly pushes her hands out, Mm -hmm. and we see her, like, you know, breathe out slowly, and there's like this- As
0: Jet is already soaked from the water blast, and there's water on the floor. Yeah,
1: and we get to see kind of like, you know, those shots in movies when they show, um, like a bit of like uh gasoline that's been like you know a little Lit. trail of it yeah the and same the, idea and then the yeah. fire you know slowly like creeps along the trail of the gasoline it's just like that with the ice yes that katara bends yeah uh, to seal jet against this tree
0: very classy
1: and then once she has him you know pinned she you know just starts going at him like verbally just being like how could you you know you betrayed us and um just, you know, you're a terrible person, Yeah, basically. and then Jet's
0: just like, what about your mom, though? Yeah,
1: and she, again, he's still trying. He's yeah. still trying, even when, you know, his back is against the wall, literally. He's still trying to manipulate Katara, um, but she's not having it anymore, either. Uh, but then, you know, all of a sudden we hear, in the distance, a little bird call.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: then something ridiculous kind of happens. You want to try explaining Yeah, so... It?
0: <laughs> You know, having that level of control on a whistle... Yeah. You really need something besides your lips. But apparently, uh, Jet is just talented enough that he can just do it without his hands at this point. He's
1: able, Even though both of his hands are pinned, he's able to do this perfect little... Whoo-
0: you know, yeah. like bird
1: call. Um, that's loud
0: enough to travel.
1: Yeah. And like across the ravine. And um, so, I don't know. That was a little bit unrealistic. But whatever. I guess Jet's just super cool.
0: Mm-hmm. He's just so cool. He's
1: just so cool. And so that's the signal um, his bird called for Longshot, who's the archer, mm-hmm. to see. Um, you know, let loose his fire arrow.
0: And Aang tries to go and fly over there to stop him, but during the tussle, like, the the glider's wings were broken.
1: Yes, and so Katara has this moment where she says, like, you know, Sokka's still out there, you know, he's our only hope now kind of thing. Come on, Sokka, I'm sorry I ever doubted you. Like, Mm -hmm. all these, like, you know, just intense moments. And then, um, yeah, the fire arrow goes, and there's, like, you know, this moment of silence. And then...
0: (sighs) Mm-hmm. You know, this huge
1: explosion. The water
0: is released.
1: Yeah. Oh, I think there was a moment right before the explosion where Katara, like, says, no.
0: Yes. Like really quietly. Mm-hmm.
1: And then, yeah, it explodes. And um, we see the water rush forward. You get to see it, like, go through this town and just, like, you know, cover everything, knock everything over. Even the cabbage cart!
0: Yeah, I thought it was <laughs> very interesting that they very prominently display a little cabbage stall.
1: Yeah, there doesn't seem to be, like, a whole lot of decoration for, like, this town. But you see the cabbage stall very <laughs> clearly. And you see the cabbages. They're animated. They fall yeah, over. Yeah, they
0: swim away. Yeah, so... And you get a very sad shot of a lone little dog floating along the water. Yeah, and
1: I think you said this, but very um, reminiscent of Mulan. Yeah,
0: I just think of that scene where, like, you know, they show the destroyed village in Mulan, and there's just, like, the sad little doll.
1: The little girl's doll. Yeah. Yeah, it had the same kind of, like, long black hair, you know, and simple. I guess
0: it's a very easy way to just mean, like, a child died. You feel bad now.
1: Right, exactly. The symbol of, you know, innocence. Yeah. And, um, you know... Katara is again just so upset so mm-hmm. furious she's Distraught. like crying and she's like how could you do this jet and he's like today was like a victory against mm-hmm. the Fire Nation and he's just so self assured that he did the right thing Uh, but then all of a sudden we hear this triumphant music you know Sokka is here and mm-hmm. he's on top of Appa and he was just kind of like you know I foiled your plan, Jet. And he's like, what? No, you didn't. I blew up the dam. And he was just like, yeah, well, I got away from your people. Oh, we totally missed out on the the part where
0: oh, yeah, Sokka, Sokka
1: got away. Yeah,
0: Sokka actually uses the metal traps from earlier in the episode. To, I sorry.
1: Uh, yeah, we t- totally forgot about that callback mm-hmm. to the beginning of the That's episode.
0: Because I meant to mention that because like um, he, he runs away from uh, Smellerbee and Pipsqueak using the metal traps from earlier in the episode. And I just wanted to say that... Going back to something I've talked about in the beginning of this podcast, is that in the traps, there's the lychee nuts. Yes. And I always thought that was really cool as a kid, because, like, never in my life had I ever seen anybody in anything ever reference lychee nuts. I
1: had never heard of them before the show. In fact,
0: it took me a while, because, like, lychee is kind of like the english american way of saying it but once i figured out what they meant i was like oh i know yeah authentic real like an actual thing that exists you know it's not some fantastical you know bear duck whatever
1: yeah it's a very prominent real thing that exists um you know and is you know a predominant like ingredient in asian
0: yeah it's a a nice fruit it's
1: It's a really good fruit it's tasty where does it Grow? Do you know in China? Just in China? Yeah,
0: I I forgot what specific province, but it's been like cultivated in China for like centuries.
1: Makes sense, and that kind of helps culturally ground in the Earth Kingdom because. People have said before, and I think the creators yeah. as well, that the Earth Kingdom has a lot of Chinese yeah. elements. It's more
0: predominantly Chinese than the other nations.
1: Yes. Um, so that's definitely an interesting <clears throat> little detail. But yes, yeah, sorry we skipped over that. So earlier we got to see Sokka was being, you know, trotted around the forest by um, Smellerbee and Pipsqueak. Pipsqueak. Mm-hmm. And um, was it Smellerbee and Pipsqueak? Yes. Yeah, okay. Um, and all of a sudden he kind of, like, sees the lychee nuts laying on the ground that Momo had, you know. Yeah,
0: and the little suspicious pile of leaves. Yes.
1: And so he, like, has this moment of brilliance where he kind of, like, runs off and leads them into these traps. Yeah. And so they get trapped just like Momo did. Yes. And so that allows him to be able to get away.
0: To the village while Katara and Aang are bending the water. Yes. he warns the village about, uh... Jet's plan.
1: Right, but we don't get to see that part. So we no. see Sokka get away, and then some more stuff happens with, you know, Katara and Aang and Jet. And then, uh, yes, yeah, so then we get to see right here at the end that Sokka um, was able to stop Jet's plan, not by, you know, stopping the j- dam explosion, but by going to the village. Um, telling them Jet's plan, what was going to happen, and asking them to evacuate. Mm-hmm. And he says that you know at first they didn't believe me and they thought I was some kind of spy or something, and the Fire Nation soldiers were going to lock me up. But then one of the Fire Nation you know villagers, the old, the old man. man, the yes. old man from earlier, remembered me, remembered that I stopped you from mm-hmm. hurting him, and told me to uh, told them to trust me. And so that is what you know ended up saving all of the villagers.
0: Can I just say it seems really notable that like. This old man from the Fire Nation helps support Sokka to do mm. the go- to do something good. Yes, but then several episodes before, again in the Haru episode, I guess there's a lot of parallels here. Now that I'm thinking about it, yeah, there is. Um, I had
1: the same thought, honestly. Yeah. And
0: then the Earth Kingdom. The old Earth Kingdom old man just freaking, just, you know, sells them out immediately. Yeah.
1: So, it was very interesting. They both, I think, had really similar designs to these old men. They're kind of, like, hunched over yeah, and bald. Yeah, just little old men. Yeah. And so, like, it was definitely one of those moments that maybe us as the audience... Having already seen the Haru episode, we're predisposed to not trust the old man. Maybe so. Because he looks so similar to the villainous old man that we had seen in the Haru episode. Mm -hmm. But then, yeah, we get to have this moment of just like, you know, not all is what it seems Mm -hmm. and that sometimes people are just innocent Mm -hmm. and you have to trust them. And uh, so, yeah, uh, this moment of getting to see that like, oh, these uh, people are people. And they're not as black and white as Jet would like to think.
0: I Uh, mean, the the value of life is just, you know, immeasurable.
1: Exactly. And you
0: can't just steal these people's lives just because the Fire Nation just happened to be there with them.
1: Yes. Um, So, you know, Jet uh, is angry uh, that... Sokka has kind of like foiled his plan. So he tries to get some snipes at him just being like, you're a traitor. Yeah. And Sokka has some really good lines here at the end of the episode that they like, I just remember so many of them. Uh, but the one that I wrote down that I want to mention is uh, he shoots back to Jet. He says, you became the traitor when you started hurting innocent people.
0: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. That's true.
1: So he gets that nice little burn against him, and then uh, Katara and Aang get on Appa, and uh, they Sokka gets to have that moment of just like, yep, yep. Yeah, that was pretty good. <laughs> that was really good, just kind of like you know, side eyes, jet, and then we're out of here. We're out of here. Yep, yep. Just leaves him
0: frozen on the tree. <laughs> yeah,
1: they just leave him there. I mean, I guess his freedom fighters will come and get him, but. Uh, and then they're flying off into the sunset, and Katara was like, how did you know how, that, you know, you should go and tell the people to evacuate? Like, why didn't you go to the dam? And she was like, was it just, or actually, I think that was Aang who asked that. And then Katara was like, let me guess, your instincts? And he was just like, hey, you know, sometimes my instincts, they're right. And then Aang is like,
0: you do know you're going the wrong way.
1: <laughs> and then he's like, sometimes they're wrong. <laughs> and, and he turns around. Um, so yeah, that was just a really nice little ending there. Um, Yeah, kind of got to see some growth there from Sokka just being like, yeah, sometimes I'm right. And sometimes I'm wrong.
0: Yeah, again, this is another good episode that examines different perspectives of how war affects people.
1: Yes, absolutely. And uh, just kind of talking about how, um, I mean, I would like to ask you, do you think that Jet is like a sympathetic character by the end, still by the end of this episode?
0: Uh, no, no. I mean, maybe a little if you really want to look at it that way, Mm -hmm. but just me personally and my values, I just could not see it being a viable or justified plan to destroy this entire, you know, town of Earth Kingdom civilians, Mm -hmm. even if it was to take out a, you know, a chunk of the Fire Nation's standing army. Yeah,
1: yeah. But I think, you know, it is interesting to consider that, as I said, like, these are kind of common war tactics yeah. that Jet presents. Like, He's... they're not uncommon. And when you look at even recent wars that have happened in this, you know, our reality, yeah, um, our own country here in the United States um, has regularly been criticized even by its own people for using war tactics like jets right. where they will you know say that they have located some of the enemy in some little you know podunk desert you yeah. know village town um that's like way away from any kind of urban place and they will decide to just bomb all of it destroy all of it yeah in hopes of just getting the enemy yeah, and they kind of just paint it as like, well, that's just how war works. Mm -hmm. That's the sacrifice.
0: Yeah. And even on a smaller scale for, you know, jet and his freedom fighters, like, as I mentioned before, it's very guerrilla warfare. And that's sort of how, you know, you get those extremist factions, Mm -hmm. you know, in response to war, you know?
1: So, um, yeah, this was definitely a very interesting critique of, um, warfare tactics Mm -hmm. and, um, how war really like damages people beyond just tearing their family apart. Yes. Kind of tears them away from their own humanity. Um, So are you ready for my Fast Facts?
0: Please go ahead
1: (laughs) Okay so I've been Yeah teasing people along to listen to the Fast Facts here. Um, As I said before These are taken from what's called Avatar Extras Mm -hmm. and they Originally were written I think by people who worked On Avatar. Yeah
0: Nickelodeon And
1: um, worked for Nick and they uh, Aired just one time during this special Little marathon uh, on Nickelodeon and they've been recorded On a little wiki that I Took them from so these are not like you know from my brain there from a good source. Uh, But I just picked out the ones that I found the most interesting. I think there was like 70 total Mm -hmm. uh, Avatar extra facts that were sprinkled throughout this episode. So if that goes to show you anything about like how much you know there's
0: little tidbits little
1: tidbits there are going on i just picked 35 which i know sounds like a lot but again that's like half um that i wanted to share with you guys so let's do it fast facts um first fact momo loves chasing bugs i think
0: that's very evident throughout the show
1: second fact especially jungle bugs Um, then they also say, uh, as I affirmed earlier, that the monkeys that we see at the beginning of the episode are hog monkeys. Ah, okay. Um, and then fourth fact, the film House of the Flying Dragons. Daggers. I'm sorry. (laughs) Yes. Uh, House of the Flying Daggers inspired the design of this forest. Um, Fifth fact This argument sets up the entire episode of Sokka proving his leadership skills. So that's the argument that happened between him and Katara at the beginning. Um, and then, also, when we had that um, little bit during the argument that Sokka said he had kissed a girl and that Katara hadn't met her, um, you know, she had met her. She had met her. That's one of the little facts. Uh, Sokka was kissed by Suki in the episode The Warriors of Kiyoshi. Uh, so, a uh, little. Um, spoiler that they gave was that Sokka gets more lip action in the season finale. <gasps> <laughs> um,
0: sure does. Uh,
1: my eighth fast fact is uh, Hippocrates once said that walking is man's best medicine. Huh. <laughs> um, so Jet's weapons, they're called hook swords. Uh, hook swords are traditionally associated with northern styles of Chinese martial arts. Mm-hmm. Jet and his gang were designed by Ru Ji Hyun. Uh, And Ryuji is one of the animators on Avatar, uh, who was, uh, yeah, he worked here in the States. Hmm. Uh, The storyboard artists were instructed to make sure Jet always looked cool.
0: I have a quick uh, note. I didn't mention this earlier, but I was reading some notes um, saying that apparently Jet was also based on Spike from Cowboy Bebop. I uh, have, yeah. Oh, you were? Okay, then yeah. I'll leave you to it. Well,
1: it's okay. It's fine. I'll just skip over that one. Yeah. Um, the storyboard artists were instructed to make sure Jet always looked cool. Um, spoiler alert, Pipsqueak and the Duke make appearances later in Avatar episodes, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but they aren't teamed up with Jet. Mm-hmm. Some people think that Smellerby is a boy, but it's later revealed, actually, she is a girl. Uh, Jet is rarely without his signature twig. The director of this episode wanted this forest to be read to support the emotional connection between Katara and Jet. Smeller B is voiced by Nika Fuderman, and the backgrounds were drawn by Brian Konietzko and Dom Dinkowitz. I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing people's names. I'm doing my best. Uh, the name of the nearby Earth Kingdom town is called Gaipan.
0: Oh, interesting.
1: Uh, these color backgrounds were created by Will Weston. The duke is rarely seen without his helmet.
0: Even though he does see him without his helmet in that episode.
1: Yes. The world's largest treehouse is located in Alnwick, Scotland. It costs $7 million to build. By communicating with bird calls, the Freedom Fighters are able to avoid detection. Uh, And then the little toy that Aang has uh, earlier in the episode are called Fire Nation Snaps. Uh, And they are made of sulfur and flint rocks. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Also, you might have noticed a little detail. Aang stole Jet's present, which was Katara's little handmade hat.
0: He really likes hats.
1: Yes. Uh, So he just kind of like quietly took that and put it on. Uh, Another fact, Jet picks a new twig every day. (laughs) Half of the world's geysers are located in Yellowstone National Park. The bending move that Katara uses on Jet is called a water slap. (laughs) The anime series Naruto and Samurai Champloo inspired the fight scenes in this episode. Even if
0: you hadn't told me that, I felt it. Mm -hmm. Like the way like uh, Spike uh, Jet moves around during the fight scene, it felt very much like a character from Samurai Champloo.
1: Yes. Um, Again,
0: anime. Anime references.
1: Yeah, there's tons in this episode, for sure. Um, But I thought you would feel very validated in Mm -hmm. knowing that that was uh, a confirmed fact. He's the Sasuke. (laughs) So, Jet is an excellent fighter, but he is no bender. That wasn't one of their facts. And then these drawings uh, that we see at the end of the episode, where um, we kind of see the sequence of Sokka talking to the villagers... Um, and then, like, the old man shows up. You remember those kind of, like, sepia Mm -hmm. uh, still images? These were done, um, and I'm going to do my best to pronounce this name, by, uh, Sung Hyun Oh, who is a storyboard supervisor on Avatar.
0: Hmm.
1: And those are my fast facts. Very good. Do you have any other facts or opinions?
0: No, I think I'm good. I, I, uh, I think we had a lot of talk about about Jet.
1: All right. Well, I guess it's time for our sign-off.
0: Yes. Please join us next time as we re-watch Chapter 11, The Great Divide.
1: Next episode, Yip Yip!